Making your first game is a big deal and can be really intimidating. But what if there was a guide so that game came to life easier? This week, join me, Zach Walsh, as I talk with Brian about his game called Our Farm Becomes the Battlefield. We talk themes, SRDs, and the joys of game jams. Schedule for Launch, a podcast to discover projects you may have missed. This week, I am very excited to be bringing on uh, another person who is just pumping out a really, really cool and fun-looking game. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for coming on to the show this week. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So something I'm excited about with this, too, is we are actually talking about it a little bit right before the show started, and this is based on a very simple system, but... Um, not one that I'm familiar with, so I'm I'm hoping to pick your brain on that just a little bit as we get further into it. Yeah, you bet. Oh, perfect. But before we do, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah, so uh, there's not a lot to say about me. I'm Brian. I also go by Vowen or Oakenboro online. Um, I like tabletop role-playing games. I like playing them, and more recently, I like making them. Uh, there's just a wide world of cool stuff out there that I'm excited to be a part of. You know what? It's also been just like a, a really good time for for game creation, too. You see it more and more. There's a lot more games coming out, which is a little mm -hmm. bit of a problem because there's so little time to play everything, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. So what is Our Farm Became Battlefields? Uh, Our Farm Becomes the Battlefield. So this is the becomes game the battlefield. that so I, yeah, I know it's, it's, it's a bit of a mouthful of a title. Um, this is a game that I've been working on for a little while um that i released last month and it's a lumen game um the the tagline is low-tech anti-capitalist power fantasy and in it you play farmers in sort of a pre-industrial fantasy world who have been displaced by a capitalist wizard um, who has created this new invention these farming golems and use that to buy up all of the farmland and basically control the industry which put everybody sort of in a really bad spot and these farmers say hey that's that's terrible we we don't like this um they band together and they say okay so we live in this uh we live in this pre-industrial fantasy society with with a prevailing capitalist mindset much like our modern society um so what if we like work together though and didn't fight each other what would that look like and so they form a cooperative which is just this terrifying and like radical prospect for them. And uh, mm -hmm. they teach themselves magic and then they start stealing this wizard's stuff. They, they steal these farm golems and they say, Hey, we can learn to remotely pilot these things. Um, and then we can give them hammers and we can use our magic to, to make them better and turn them into weapons. And we're just going to go take back our own farms. We're going to uh, break this wizard's stuff uh, and steal it. Yeah, and it's just, it's such a cool, I like, one of the, my favorite things in the rule book is actually you wrote out a little, kind of like a story for the, the pre-written world, more or less, of, of this version. Mm -hmm. And it's, it kind of shows you that um, a very simplified version of a, like a capitalist route and how this wizard really quite quickly took, took over. 
Right, so like, right. I loved it. I thought it was so so genius. And I think, especially right now with current world state, a lot of people can kind of see how that would fit. But before we get really heavy into this game, can you tell everybody a little bit about the Lumen SRD? Because I know that I know very, very little about it. Yeah, absolutely. So so Lumen, well, first I want to talk a little bit about what an SRD is, because not everybody might be familiar with that. Um, That's a it good stands idea. For system, yeah. It stands for system reference document, um, which is used outside of like role-playing games and stuff. But in the language of like tabletop role-playing games, it's a description of a kind of a game. Uh, it contains all of the like mechanical levers that exist. And it's a description that's really written to a game designer from another game designer and says, here's how you would design a game using these mechanics. Um, so it isn't a game, but it is a description of a type of game. So uh, some of the like really popular SRDs that I'm aware of, and there's a ton, uh, would be like the 24XX by um, Jason Tochi, whose name I am probably mispronouncing because I've only seen it written and I apologize. Um, <laughs> but that underlines like the 2400 series of games. And then there's the Carta SRD by Cat McDonald and Peach Garden Games, or there's the Wretched and Alone SRD by Matt Sanders and Chris Bassetti. And again, I'm sorry for any name mispronunciations in there, but these are all um, like rule books that describe how to build a game. Uh, another way to think about it would be like if you if you took the D20 system out of Dungeons and Dragons and you were like just wrote up here's how you have some stats and you roll a 20 sided die and you look to get over a target number and that's how rolls work. Um, okay. You could build an SRD for that or uh, powered by the apocalypse. You there isn't as far as I know an official uh, SRD for that, but you could make one that says you know it's got these it's got these systems in it and moves work like this. They have these triggers and mm -hmm. all powered by the apocalypse games work like this or most work like this and here are some cool levers you can play with um so that's that's what an srd is and the lumen srd is what underlies this game and i actually built it in response to the lumen game jam which came out oh. and um so spencer campbell of gila rpgs put out some games first because usually when you make an srd you make games first and then you're like hey this is yeah. a cool system that underlies these really cool games i could make that a thing so like light was uh, a really cool game that was that inspired this. But Lumen, um, first to describe like what it is, it's all about making stories focused on powerful characters. So like all Lumen characters have this array of powers. Um, they're very okay. combat focused. Like the the rules are extremely combat focused, and they tie into like a core gameplay loop, which is definitely part of it. Like you go on an adventure, you come back, you have some downtime. You do that again, and you go through the loop. And so all of, that's like sort of the core of the Lumen game. And as I understand it, it came out of like the looter shooter genre of video games. So like Destiny ah, okay. and um, Warframe and uh, some other games, which uh, I'm, I'm going to, I don't actually know anything about them. That's not like a genre of video games <laughs> that I play. Uh, so actually, when I first picked up the, I saw the Lumen game jam and i read the srd and i was like well this seems pretty cool but it's uh i don't think it's for me like this combat heavy games oh i don't know about that if i could if i would be interested in that which is is i was like i don't know but then it stuck in my head because it's just a fantastically written srd and i thought well it's about being powerful it's about this power fantasy like what could i make there and uh that's that's sort of where 
where the game came from because the more that I thought about it, the more I was like, oh yeah, that fits. Oh yeah, that fits. Uh, and it's just such a clean and tight system that does exactly what it promises, which is these powerful characters with simple decisions and like really quick gameplay loops. Okay, that's really cool. Like the Lumen system is, and I think we're going to see a lot more of them starting to come up because this is, yeah. like you said, it's it's based after the looter shooter and those things are really popular right now. And one thing that is really noticeable, even in your game, is that getting into actually playing the game is so quick. Like character mm -hmm. creation takes so little time. I was able to make like two characters before we started this. <laughs> yeah, it's really fast. Yeah, so let's get into the the game a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. And at the at the heart of this game too is this really cool loot for our farm. And I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how that works because you're in and out quickly and it looks like it's going to be like a lot of fun to get in through this. So could you explain each of the each part of the loop a little bit for us? Yeah, you bet. So the loop, the mission loop, uh, as it's called in our farm, is is super structured and it has three phases. There's the mission setup phase, the mission playthrough phase, and then the mission aftermath phase. The, the setup is, you know, the first part and um, the mm -hmm. goal of the setup phase, which is the least structured part of play, is to, to figure out what the mission is going to be, right? Um, so in a okay. traditional game, you might have the, the GM say, uh, you know, the, this mysterious figure in a tavern tells you some stuff, like, so you know what's going on. Or okay. uh, there, there's a lot, of, a lot of ways to do that. I actually really have been approaching the, this from the direction of, I, I think collaboration is really cool and it ties in very well to the themes of the game which is all about cooperation and forming this cooperative so what i recommend is that actually the group sits down and says what should our mission be uh, and you look at some of the there, there's some stuff to help you in there about figuring out what it is but you're going to establish what the setting and like the goals of the mission and what are the stakes um and then you can role play through it like as you want to some groups will want to say oh like someone's sending us on this mission or this town is in trouble or whatever let's let's just set up a scene and go through that or you can skip that if if you'd rather and you just say look we got to go take out this warehouse we're going to go we're going to go destroy uh tysanto who is the name of the the evil wizard we're going to go destroy this warehouse and steal something important for our uh collective and that's what we're going to do so that's the setup phase once you know that the playthrough becomes pretty straightforward because you just start doing that um, so mm -hmm. playthrough is broken down into two types of scenes. There's action scenes and montage scenes. Most of the time you're going to be doing these action scenes. So it's really just like jumping from fight to fight to fight. And these montage scenes are going to tie that together so that you've got a little bit of, of ebb and flow in, uh, in the flow of the game and the flow of the story. And then you do the aftermath phase, which is a bookkeeping phase. You're going to roll some dice. There's some rules to go through where you say, oh, how did the mission go? What did we get? How did the cooperative change? And you're all set up to say, what changed? I'm ready to go through the loop again. What's the next thing we're going to need? Uh, and you could do this in one session, or you could actually do more than one mission in a session if you if your sessions are a little bit longer or if your missions are short, because there, there's no set time to how long a mission would take. Okay, so you go through the loop over and over, and you keep on building yourselves, and you're basically trying to stop the the evil wizard and you are getting upgrades along the way right 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that where this differs from the base Lumen experience. So um, Lumen is has a lot of rules for like loot. So a lot of the Lumen games will have loot. You defeat an enemy, you get some loot. You can use that to upgrade um, and things like that. I really wanted to tie back into the themes more. So what you really upgrade during the mission aftermath, you upgrade your co the cooperative. And so there's yeah. the, you're right, when you build your cooperative, it actually has its own stats and um, its own counters. And you go through some roles to figure out how that changed based on how your mission went. And then as a byproduct of that, you might be able to upgrade the individual golems um, that you're that you're fighting with. Yeah, and there are uh, a couple different ones to choose from, and they all are very, very unique, those golems. And you can definitely see how you put a lot of thought into how each one would work, both before they were reclaimed and after they were taken back by the farmers. Um, yeah. I, I'm a huge fan of the um, the the planter one, the, the small cat-sized one. I love the idea behind it. It's just... It's so cool. <laughs> it's it's fun. Yeah. So for there are there are three classes. There's there's the three golems, um, and so there's the the digger and the planter and the cutter. And I imagine them as being you know they what they were designed for and invented by uh, Tysanto. They were invented to do farm work, but the these farmers are they're scrappy and they're they're retrofitting them to do what they need. So the planter. I imagined it as this like very versatile thing that could get down real low to the dirt, be planting seeds, maybe do some harvesting, do some weeding, like mm -hmm. really get into that. And how would you use that if you were like, okay, but no, I want to fight things with this. What, what would you do? Um, and so like I gave it and I said, it, you know, here's a weapon for it. It's got an energy sickle that uh, it, you might take a regular sickle and like with these magics that the that these farmers have uncovered they can imbue it with this with this extra energy and so now you've got sort of a sickle shaped lightsaber or something um and it's like got these nimble little fingers so it could climb on another golem and really like tear it apart start disrupting things or uh it's got the ability to repair um and it also has just like this uh fire um ability that they equipped it with so it's this basic basic piece of equipment that then you can stack on things. And there's there's a bunch of, each of those have like upgrades that you can up, that you can unlock that are already built on there. But I, I also have a bunch of rules in here of, I would encourage anyone who's playing this to come up with your own stuff, right? And that's what these farmers are doing is they're scrappy and they're, they're building new things and they're uh, figuring out how to take back their world. And you're empowered to do that too. So maybe you're out um, fighting an enemy and that enemy has some sort of cloaking device and you're like, oh, I bet we could steal that and like figure out how it works and put it on this planter. And now we can cloak this planter. That would be awesome. Uh, yeah, go do that. That'd be cool. I love, I just love how it's set up. It just, like I said, nice and tight and it runs really, really smoothly. But you can see how, how it's designed really tightly and everything works like a nice little package you can get into this game really quickly and there is just a lot to work with and reading through the rules you can tell that you built this game to be like you said a collective um right down to when you're first starting to design it you as a group you design how the collective works uh what made that and it, like how how did you decide that that was going to be part of it like 
because you said it the collective upgrades almost separately as as if it's its own character so could you talk a little bit about what went to that theme of upgrading the collective uh yeah that's actually been something that's been percolating in the back of my brain for a while so i have this pie in the sky uh game that i'd like to design but that i i think i know realistically is uh currently beyond my skill set um that's okay it just percolates back there and I, it gives me tons of ideas and then i harvest those and i use them in other things um and so one of them is sort of like what if i, I i've been really like in my personal life uh enamored of like permaculture and forming more close relationships especially i think the pandemic has really influenced that uh that lack yeah. of suddenly you're like oh yeah you can't see other people and i'm like oh it turns out that i actually really like other people who would have yeah. thought <laughs> <laughs> and that personal connection is something i value and, and need um but yeah so that's that's definitely been uh there and i was thinking about there, there's this game where what if you're making the game together and it's an op like something that's designed for the open table where you don't always have the same players different people come and different people like we don't have a gm it just runs itself and um it's about a group and you have these themes at the table because the table is itself a, a kind of collective right it's it's a yeah. group of people that are bound to a common purpose they make their own rules they make their own procedures they decide when they're going to meet and how long and all of that stuff and at the same time they're also building one uh, and i kind of like i love when game mechanics mirror what's actually happening right so you could it, it's um it's a way to to reinforce those themes so that's been sort of percolating in the back of my head and i've been thinking about like how would you do that and one of the ways that you would do it is you have to make the you have to make the group more important than the individuals um a lot yeah. of tabletop role-playing games are very centered on what is my character like and how do i role play that character which is mm -hmm. super important and really fun and i'm absolutely throwing shade at no one because there are <laughs> lots of different ways to play games and i love those games i'm just i'm talking about something else that i was thinking about uh yeah it's like what if you what if you didn't have that what if you said no the group is more important than the individual how would you mechanically reinforce that and one of the ways is like well the group needs a character sheet then um and certainly the the belonging outside belonging games uh, no dice no masters uh, whichever way you want to mm -hmm. you want to phrase that um like uh dream askew and dream apart they do this fantastically and then all yeah. the games that are based on those um so that that's a huge source of inspiration for where that comes from i also saw um jeremy strandberg's stone stone top game that that recently kickstarted yes but has been in great. progress for a long time does does the same thing and they do they do it brilliantly so this is a, a mini mm -hmm. reflection of some of that and i said well we should you should decide what does it work and, and so i pose these questions that you answer as a group and some and i think i think they're kind of hard questions but they sort of get to the heart of what is the cooperative about so one of them is yeah. like how does the cooperative distribute the food it produces? And there's some options here, like maybe they sell it, maybe they just share it freely because they have they're they're very altruistic, or maybe they share it within yeah. the co-op because they're very like group oriented, or they, they could do whatever they want. Um, or, or there's another question that's like, what is the cooperative's vision for the world? Like, do you do you are you aiming for a socialist state? Is that something that you as cooperative members want, or are you like, no, we aim for cooperative farming we haven't thought about anything else like what are you directed at and i think these are interesting questions that sort of guide the group and start getting you thinking that's the first thing you would do if you were playing this game is that not what are my character but 
what is the group that we are a part of. Yeah. Yeah. And so then, then we kind of boil that down to just three simple stats. There's the membership stat, which is like how many people more or less have joined the surplus stat, which is how much extra time and equipment and food are you producing? And the mindset stat, which is like, how united are you at, on this vision that the cooperative has come up with? Not just the the few people who are playing, but the the cooperative that they represent, that they are acting as agents of. Uh, how oh. united is that all together? Um, and like, that's a really, really crude simplification of a very complicated yeah. group. But um, it lets you sort of, Th those stats can change and during the um during the mission aftermath you make rolls based on those stats and then you change those stats and then those can impact how your golems can get upgraded so they uh, um, they let you form a story that is inspired by these things if your mindset is dipping you have to explain like oh wait why are why aren't we all united on this vision what's happening like are there fraction are there new groups like factioning off is there some politics is there like what's going on and how do we fix it our next mission should probably be about like uniting ourselves on this vision maybe we need to go to some place that's being neglected by the cooperative and help them and sh remind ourselves that like yeah we're in this together and we're working together maybe that's what you need to do um and use it to sort of fuel the stories rather than uh re reflect what's already happened that's so good and it lends itself to the themes that you placed into this game so well you you talked about it a little bit in the beginning that the the ma there's four major themes in this game that would be farming cooperation power fantasy and anti-capitalism mm -hmm. um i think people right now more than ever really are starting to uh, farming and power fantasy a little bit but cooperation anti-capitalism we're we're starting to hit more of those times especially with the pandemic um they're becoming more relevant more talked about and a lot of people are feeling that in the current world state uh what were some of the more difficult parts of the theme to convey though so the the most difficult part i think of the theme to convey was the farming actually um because really well so the power fantasy is like free because that's what Lumen does and it does an amazing yeah. job. So it was like, I pick up this SRD, I use the way that it says, it's got, you know, these stats and you roll the, the dice pool and you pick the best one, mm -hmm. you get um, successes or successes with consequences or all of that. So that was like, yeah. awesome, cool, we can do that. And the anti-capitalism is just baked into it. Um, I yeah. really wanted a game that, that, was, that didn't have killing and that didn't have death um, where everything was property damage. And that ties into the theme of like, well, if everything is property damage and all of the powers that the the bad guy has are like, I have tons of money. That's my power. Uh... Um, like that ended up actually just sort of falling into place. Once I said that, and I was like, what's his what's his superpower? And it's like, um, he, the the three things that he has is he's a good inventor. Um, he has a lot of money, and then he lives in a world where people say, hey, if you have a lot of money, you must deserve to have a lot of money. Whatever you do with that money, that's fair because it's your money. So um, there's 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 some stuff in here that it, it suggests how to cause problems. He wouldn't cause problems if he's like, oh no, these two towns are cooperating too much and they're cutting me out, and I just can't I can't work my way in to like buy up all mm -hmm. of the farms there. He wouldn't like send golems and threaten the townspeople. He wouldn't do any of that. That would be illegal. That would be uh, 
that would cause yeah. him too much backlash. No, he would just buy the bridge connecting the towns and erect a high toll, like, boom, stop trade, mm-hmm. done. And everybody in this world would say, it's his bridge. Like, of course he needs to hire a toll. Bridges aren't free. He's investing in our community. He deserves whatever money he can make off of that. And if people don't want to pay it, well, they don't have to use his bridge. Someone else can build a bridge. And uh, that's that's sort of the mindset that he has. And as soon as I started rolling down that, it just like falls out. It's really <laughs> that that theme was pretty <laughs> straightforward. Um, the anti-capitalist theme. So it was it was really the uh, and cooperation, I think, was was a little bit challenging. I changed some of the lumens, some of the lumen stuff, um, which doesn't doesn't not do cooperation, but it doesn't focus on it as much as I uh, wanted to for this particular game. Um, so like one of the things I got rid of was individual hit points. There are there are okay. no hit points. There's no consequences. The golems are just property, and they're not even very, um, very like hard to come by. So oh, if you destroy okay. them, like that's not meaningfully meaningful story wise, unless it causes the mission failure. So I said, oh, okay, well let's just track that then. Let's not track how close are these to being destroyed. Let's clo- track how close are we to losing this mission thread, um, and then putting in the the collective stats and. Tying in uh, every move has an upgrade that lets you use it not on your turn as long as you're helping someone else. Like that was that was okay. pretty easy to tie in. It's really the farming that was hard um, because I think farming is cool. I think farmers are cool. I think yeah. I think the fact that we just make food by putting these uh, magic machines in the ground that take sunlight and water and then turn it into food uh, and they're just plants and they we didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. They just arrived. Um, it's like magic. It's it's so cool. Um, and like farmers, they in in our world, they get a raw deal. They they uh, yeah, they, they're, they're it's often a disrespected profession, um, and it it can it, it's it is uh, th- there's a good reason that the wizard is named Tysanto. Um, that it is th- this is not like a story that I made up and invented whole cloth. This is me reading a couple of books and being like, wow, if I just simplified this down to something in a fantasy world it just directly translates um so <laughs> that's all yeah uh that's all present and um i really just wanted to kind of highlight that and and make sure that the the golem still reflected what what i think uh farming in this world might be like and i wanted to make sure that that surplus which largely represents the stuff that you're producing is is present on the cooperative um and and make sure that that was a present theme for this you know what that i i have a lot of respect for that because you don't you're right it it is a raw deal for farmers and it's not like most of us are doing much to to help them i know personally me and my partner we've been trying to buy local more Mm -hmm. um it's tricky because like you a big part of this is capitalism and I don't know about you. I really like strawberries, but fresh strawberries can be pricey sometimes and hard to get. Yeah. yeah. Um, especially in my area. So they're now a treat because I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically <laughs> it's, it, it, it is so hard. And, you know, I, I try to do the same thing and I actually put that um, on itch. I have two sets of community copies up there. So there's the community copy that anyone's free to take. If you're like, this game represents a financial burden to me. I don't, I can't afford it right now, but I want it. Like, okay. good, have one. Yeah. Um, that's a limited pool that's like easily refreshed. But 
anyone you know if you if you say like i should have one like have one that's great i i think that's yeah. awesome um there's another pool that's that is uh unlimited which is if you're supporting local farmers in, in whatever way you think then also this game is free to you like please go take one because that's sort of the point of the game um and but at the same time i recognize that that's like an extremely privileged position that we have to even yeah. be able to make that choice right like mm -hmm. to be able to say oh yeah there is um there is a csa near me like one actually exists and the farmer is <laughs> like a local person who i can talk to and uh, i want to support like oh that's cool and I can afford to do it because it's not cheaper. Like that, I, I talk about this in the game. Um, you know, Tysanto didn't take over the industry by doing anything shady uh, with with quotes around that. He did yeah. it by making an invention that made it cheaper to produce good food, and then producing yeah. good food, and then using that to control the market. Like that's a success story as far as capitalism goes like that's mm -hmm. awesome and the world should be a better place because we now have a technology we didn't before and the same thing is true in our world it's more expensive to to not to not do what the to to not let the megacorp produce your food um yeah which is unfortunate and so like it, i i recognize that that's a, a extremely privileged position to be able to even say like i'm making that choice mm -hmm. But it's 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 a good one. If people who can make that choice do, that helps. Yeah, and that was one of the things I was most surprised to about the the setup for this game is how by the book it was, because like you can imagine not just farming but any like anything mm -hmm. that really is that needs equipment. This this could take place in that way. Oh, absolutely. So I was it was it's so well thought out. Um, one thing you told me right before we started is actually that our farm started off from a game jam. Can you tell me about your experience with the, yeah. the Lumen game jam? Absolutely. So, um, so game jams are awesome, by the way, anybody, anybody who has, is interested in designing things and hasn't participated in a game jam, I highly recommend it. You get like a theme or an SRD or, or whatever, and then you have 30 days or 60 days or however long, usually much shorter than you'd like. Uh, time to build a game <laughs> out of it and then um that's all cool it builds like some cool creative energy it, it really like NaNoWriMo or something it kicks you in the seat of the pants to get things done which is awesome uh I definitely need that sometimes yeah. um but then you have at the end you have a really like this built-in community because you say oh I spent all this time doing this thing and I think it's really cool and then you look around and you're like wow look at the things you did like you started from the same point that I did we had the same prompt but you took it in such a different direction. That's so neat. And then they 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 also are looking at your stuff, and they're like, "Whoa, you took it in a different direction. That's so cool." And uh, it it's, it's actually a really cool way to build a community. Um, so the Lumen Game Jam is one of those that's built on the Lumen SRD. That that was the purpose of the jam was use this SRD okay. to make a game. Um, but there's also something that I haven't seen before, which is uh, an initiative an initiative of that went along with the lumen game jam and is still going right now called the lux collective and it said hey you should itch fund your game um you should you should build something with the lumen srd and then you should itch fund it uh and it, for those who aren't familiar with itch funding it's like an alternative to kickstarter or it's a proposed alternative to kickstarter where you just say hey my game is out it's complete it's ready to play or it's in whatever state it is um yeah if you buy it now you're funding further development 
maybe you're funding art or editing, or maybe you're just, can you know, it's just showing me that like, hey, I should invest more time in this because mm -hmm. people like it and they're interested in it. And I put out this other game, nobody wants that one. So like I built it to <laughs> my satisfaction because I don't, I don't build games just because I'm like, hey, other people will like this. I build games that I like, um, you know, and everybody does yeah. their, everybody does different things, but it's a good way to say, not only did I like this, but other people thought it was awesome. Cool. I'll like, maybe I should make some more stuff for this. That's awesome. Um, and the Lux Collective is like a group of people all doing that together and mm -hmm. sort of forming this, this group that is trying to make itch funding more viable. Um, right now, Kickstarter is like a huge platform, which yes. is great. Yes, it is. And it's, it's been transformative for the indie role-playing game scene and, and many other things like Kickstarter is amazing. Um, itch is in some ways better for the creators. Um, yes, it is. It's definitely as a platform, is. but it does not have the same eyes on it. So no, you, you basically, you get a lot more money doing a Kickstarter than you do doing an itch fund. Uh, and this yeah. is sort of a cool grassroots effort to be like, if we made a whole bunch of itch funding games and then supported them with the power of just each other, Hey, maybe that would be helpful and would start making a dent in this. And I think it is, um, we're seeing a lot of those itch funding games being more successful and, and, uh, raising the funds and, and it's cool to be a part of and to see the art come to life and be like, Oh, that game was really cool. And then they, they get enough money and to hire an artist and the artist makes some stuff. And you're like, okay, no, now that game is cool. Cause it was really cool before, but that <laughs> is amazing. Um, so yeah, that's, that's sort of came out. It's not, it's not a part of the jam. It's related to the jam. Yeah. I, I wasn't there for the whole Genesis of that. Uh, I'm just happy to be a part of it. <laughs> oh boy. I think it's just like, it's great because you have this game. That's a lot about being a collective and a cooperative and working towards a single goal. And it goes, it reflects so much further than that. You're seeing other people. Like you said, you started with the same prompt and they're doing other things. You're doing something really cool with this. Um, I, I love this game. Uh, you sent me one of the, the copies and I read through it and I was like, this is, this is something else. And I really Thank want to you. see this game succeed. Oh no, I love it. And no, you don't even need to thank me for that one. <laughs> so we're actually starting to run close to out of time here. So I got mm -hmm. a couple more questions for you. So okay. here, here's one that's starting to kind of, depending where you are, peter out a little bit. How did uh, COVID-19 affect the development of our farms? Uh, not very much. Um, other than being like I like I touched on a little bit earlier, a source of inspiration. So COVID was really like that. Well, one thing it did was it drove me into online, like looking online for groups where I wasn't really big into online tabletop gaming before COVID. Yeah. But then I was like, well, I want to do some and I that's my only option. So I guess I'll try it out. Mm -hmm. And that drove me to the RPG Talk Discord server, which is a fantastic Discord server. If you like big Discord ah, servers, okay. everyone there is super cool. Um, <laughs> and they have a design contest. And I was like, I'm here to find a group. But what's all this then? And uh, started doing the design contest with that and having just a ton of fun meeting meeting cool people and, and saying, hey, what about this? And learning a bunch of about layout and a bunch about design. And, and I'm still learning like, all the time it's a really great place so in, in that way it's directly responsible for uh this game and then of course the themes like wanting that community and feeling the lack of it and then that being just forefront in my mind uh 
is a is a big one. You know what? That makes sense. And like I said, COVID nineteen, depending where you are in the world, it's it's taking different tolls now. I know that in the United States, it's a little bit less. Where I am, it's still like I'm in I'm in Ontario, so it's like it's still going on a little bit. Um, not that the the illness hasn't left, but uh, there are still a bunch of restrictions in place, and mm-hmm. uh, other countries are still where they were one year ago. So it's it's tough, and uh, it's definitely yeah. something that to, to tie back into the themes. We all have to do our part. Uh, yeah, if, if we all have to work together. Um, we're not all in. The, I know. I know. There's been a bunch of pushback against the phrase. We're all in the same boat. Uh, and I, I, I strongly agree with that pushback, but we are all on the same team, I guess. Uh, yes. And we should all be working <laughs> together. So on a lighter note, because this is my favorite question to ask, what advice can you give someone trying to make their own game and they have no experience? Uh, so I would definitely say join game jams um, or even the, the RPG Talk Discord server has these design competitions, which are even like smaller than game jams. They're, they're, but it's great um, because you have a deadline and so you have to produce something and you have a, a community who's very interested in you producing something and seeing mm-hmm. what other people do. And so you've got this like, you, you already have this immediate kind of support group and the group of people to talk to, to say, hey, what if I did this? Would that be cool? And they might say, yeah. They might say, oh yeah, but also this, or they might say, oh, I'm working on that. Can we work together? Um, all of that can happen, especially, and it's really easy when you do do the game jams. Uh, if you go to, if you're looking for those, there's physicalgamejams.card, C-A-R-R-D dot C-O, um, which is maintained okay. by um, MV, the May Visit on Twitter. They they also are doing like stuff for the Lux Collective and they did the layout for the Lumen SRD. So uh, they're they're super, they're a super awesome person who deserves like some notice, but they, they just run this thing that organizes and lets you see all of the physical game jams that are going on on itch right now which is usually the place where you see them. Um, and that's awesome. So, you, you know, you participate so in that cool. by designing a game, you make something. Uh, also recognize that if you've never designed something before, your first thing is is not going to be a masterpiece. And that's cool. <laughs> like, yeah, you got to do it. You just you got to do it. And you got to keep learning. Yeah. I had an art teacher who told me everyone has like a thousand bad drawings in them. And the faster you can get those thousand bad drawings onto the page, the sooner you can get to that thousand and first drawing, that's pretty good. Um, and I, I think that's a really, <laughs> like, really solid advice of just like, not that your game is going to be terrible, but you're going to learn a lot by doing and having that deadline and that community of people who will look at it and give you feedback. Um, and then all of the stuff that you can see, because you should go read their games and play their games mm-hmm. and see oh, look at what this person did. I was having this problem. I didn't even notice that it was a problem, but the way that they did this, it totally sidestepped it. That was amazing. Um, you build uh, you build a cool community and you build some really great friends and um, you have a lot of fun. Oh, that's great. And one, one thing I love about that question too, just uh, with everybody, is in one way or another, they say something really similar. Um, and it kind of all ties back to my very first interview on this podcast when yeah, it was an okay podcast. I've upgraded my stuff so far. I kind of figured out what I'm doing, but it was with a friend and he said, strike while the iron's hot. And then after we finished, he said, the great thing about that is the iron is always hot. So long as you're ready to go. So oh, nice. just 
yeah, just get out there and do it. Like it's so I I want to talk to more of you out there and see what happens. Like it's so much. Um, yeah. But final question, Brian, where can people find more about you and more about our farm becomes the battlefield? Uh, yeah. So the the you can probably find me on Twitter. I am at Okenboro, O-A-K-E-N-B-O-R-O um, on Twitter. And that's probably the best place to connect with me. It's got links to my itch store. It's got links to my blog. It's got all of that stuff. Or if you're on uh, RPG Talk, you can find me there. Thank you so much for for coming on here, Brian. It's been an absolute blast having you here. Like I said, I love this game. I'm really hoping to look more into the Lumen system um, because I knew very little about it before you approached me with this. And I think it is so cool. And I, I knew nothing about SRD. So I've learned a lot just from this one interview. So I want to thank you personally for that. Well, thank you so much. This has been awesome. I'm, I, I could talk all day about it. Um, but yeah, go check out the Lumen <laughs> SRD. It's so cool. And uh, it's, it's one of the best written ones, too, in terms of telling you exactly how to make a game. Um, so that's a good way to get started, too. Phenomenal. All right. And as always, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Brian, thank you once again for just joining me on this. Brian and our farm becomes the battlefield. They've already sort of launched, so go check it out and go help with this itch fund because the I I want to see more great art for this. I do the the bit that's there. I I'm so excited to see more people play this game. Um, once again, thank you so much, and have a great night, everybody. Bye. Thank you so much to Brian for coming onto the show this week. I enjoyed learning about the Lumen system so much that I actually went out and picked up the SRD for myself. Brian, you may hear from me in the future if I have some questions. But please, audience, go check out Our Farm Becomes the Battlefield. It's a lightning fast game that is hugely affordable. It's massively put together. You don't even realize it's Brian's first game. And that brings me to you. As always, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thanks to everything that you guys have done. We've actually built up a little bit of sway and you've helped out a couple indie designers get their games funded so there's a couple things out there that exist because you helped me build this platform so if you want to continue keeping this growing please share the show with a friend let them know what you think i'm always here to listen to you guys and let me know what you want to hear about next week there's actually not going to be an episode coming out there's no scheduling issues nothing's wrong with the show i just need to get a couple work things together So I promise you I'll be back two weeks from this episode. Thank you for your patience. I look forward to seeing you there. Talk to you soon. Take care.